You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. That's how you know it's almost winter. <laughs> it gets weird in Tennessee, man. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, for this episode, we'll be talking about Dolly Parton, Coat of Many Colors. In the room, I have Rob. Yes, sir. And Ben. Hello. Coat of Many Colors is the eighth solo studio album by the American singer-songwriter Dolly Parton. It was released on October 4th, 1971 on RCA Victor Records, and their producer was Bob Ferguson. The genre is country. And from the book, Garth Cartwright. Dolly Parton left her Appalachian mining town for Nashville in 1965. She had a recording contract within two weeks and a hit within two years. By 1970, she had so many hits, RCA Records released a best of album, but it was 1971's... Wait, we need to pause on that for a second, because that's incredible. Yeah. From moving out of your cabin to five years later having a greatest hits? Yes. Jeez, fucking crazy. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But it was 1971's Coat of Many Colors, an album of all original material that established her as one of country music's most original singer-songwriters. Opening with the title track, Parton sings of rural poverty, not as a tragic experience, but as one that bonded with family in love. Her coat of rags was sewn by her mother with such deep feeling, Dolly felt truly privileged. The album follows this t- theme, each song reflecting on lived experiences and homespun wisdom. Parton's soprano voice breaks into a crackle vibrato when she is impassioned. She is a very convincing singer, and the Nashville session men behind her display a masterful touch, decorating each song with fluid, melodic picking. Code of Many Colors is a model of economy. Its 10 songs clock in at less than 30 minutes, and the sentiments expressed help reassure a rural white working class America that found itself increasingly alienated by pop and rock music. The album cover, the kind of simple painting of a young girl popular prior to the photographic era, again reflects Parton's roots. If the public loved Dolly, then Coat of Many Colors also won over the critics who realized that they were dealing with a seriously talented singer-songwriter. Parton has subsequently proven herself uh, as one of the smartest and most enduring individuals in show business. But Coat of Many Colors remains her masterpiece. All right, what do we think of Dolly's... Coat of many colors. Holy shit! I had no idea that Dolly Parton. <laughs> you sound so excited, Rob. No, she had a best of like before this record came out. Right? What the fuck? 
Yeah, Dolly's a talented woman, and she is a very hard worker. And Dolly Parton is a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm so fucking Lily. Uh, wow. I thought this album was was wonderful. It's really good. Uh, it's really really good. It's it, it might have a, a maybe a, a a stumble here or there, but for the most part, it's it's solid. It's rock solid. Dude, track one's good, but track two's where it gets. Or not track one. Side one's good, but side two is where it gets me. Like I wouldn't, I don't want to say it's backloaded because side one is good. And like the, like the, the hits on side one. Oh man. I really like, I like three and four though. My blue tears. And if I lose oh, my mind, yeah, those are, so the whole thing, the whole thing if I good. lose my <laughs> mind is fucking wonderful. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that I, I did not expect a, uh, maybe we should go to the shrink. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of 71 dolly but goddamn yeah so uh dolly wrote every track on it except for if i lose my mind and the way i see you which yeah. were uh, porter wagner yeah tracks. i'm sorry that the 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 review was a, a little uh misleading i guess i like dolly and porter's uh working relationship I, it, it it really warms my heart it, you know, like so, so often those showbiz relationships like work out for one of them, but maybe not the other one. Someone's being taken advantage of. But it seems like, in retrospect, Porter Wagner did have Dolly's best interest in mind. Like when he when he picked her to be his backup singer, and it seems like he supported her, and they stayed like good friends. Like yeah. at, and at, after she went solo and stuff, it's just, it's just one of those nice things to hear every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like, I mean, everything, everyone I've ever heard or that's been said about Dolly Parton has always been positive. Oh, in fact, oh, uh, uh, sorry, this is uh, this is not about Dolly Parton. This one, le- well, it's kind of about Dolly Parton, but okay. one last thing about Porter Wagner. Okay. When Dolly wrote, uh, I, was al- I Will Always Love You, she wrote about Porter. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, in like a platonic way. That's awesome. Yeah. I always thought that was a love song. That's amazing. Yeah. It is a love song. It's a platonic yeah, yeah, love yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought it was like a, you know, an intimate love, uh-huh. I guess, if you will. Yeah, shit. I mean, when, when's the last time we re, we reviewed a, uh, a country record? It's been a minute, unless you're talking about, like, psychedelic country. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about Nashville. Yeah. Or... Unless you're talking about, like, the birds in Nashville. No, I'm not talking about them. <laughs> yeah, I guess... It's been a minute. Man. It has been a early '60s, maybe. Yeah, it might have been Ray Pri- Ray Price. Oh, we got, we had Buck uh, we, Owens. Well, we had oh, we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, had Johnny Cash. Like, oh yeah, oh I guess yeah, could, yeah, and and like San Quentin. Or, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's just, it, it it's so cool, like hearing a a a a human that understands the the art form of country that does it as well as Dolly. Like, and, and, and I, I really don't think you'll find anyone <laughs> better than what she's done. Um, but it, it's, it, it's so cool. Like that, that, it, that it's even like in the book. Like, yeah, I, don't know. I, yeah. I figured we'd get, when did you first hear Dolly Parton? Like, well, what, what's oh, your, I know exactly when I first heard Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was, so my, my, my parents liked country music in the oh, 80s. Oh, yeah. And, and we, we, we would watch, I don't know if it was CMT, but there was some channel where we'd watch country music videos. And I remember the Dolly Parton music video for Why'd You Come In Here Looking Like That, which was, I think, her like 1989 single. And 
immediately I, the the music video was so cool the song was so catchy and and like to to my eight, seven or eight year old eyes I thought Dolly Parton was the prettiest lady I'd ever seen and from why'd you come in here looking like that I was I was in I was hooked on Dolly I didn't understand how music video channels worked so the next for like the rest of that week I tuned in at the same time. <laughs> and, and I would just and I would just watch the TV until it came on. But since it was a big hit and it was in heavy rotation, it kind of came. Eventually, on I would see it. So uh, it, it took me a while to figure out though, like it was not it's a not schedule. The same <laughs> it's so good to be back home again. I'm so proud to see that you are looking well. Yes, I know that I look a little weary. Oh, but mama, I have been through living hell. You know how much I've always loved him, mama. Before I met, like, Jackson and, uh, like, um... Sarah Teeple and all those people. I, I I had no idea that Dolly Parton like her her career was like as as solid de- as deep s- deep and solid as it was. Like when I like my first time hearing Dolly Parton, knowing it was Dolly Parton, was a Kenny Rogers like duet with her for Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. It wasn't Islands in the Stream or nope. nine, nine to Five. Nope, it was Grandma <laughs> Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Going forward and being like, oh, this is Dolly, this is Dolly, this is Dolly, this is Dolly, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, like, and then Dollywood being an actual, like, amusement park, and because we used to, uh, my family would go down to uh, Myrtle Beach, and we would stop in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Uh, halfway through, and, and Dollywood was always there, and we no, we never got to go to Dollywood. I heard I that like, you guys went to Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ben, like kinda, technically, we got to the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Matt, is that a story for tonight? Matt, yeah. Okay, go for it, bud. <laughs> All right, so it it, it was uh, uh, so you know. Should, uh, we, should we talk? Should we do the Dolly episode and then you tell the story? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. That because yeah. then that can we can figure Do something. Out. Okay. Yeah, I just don't know what to say. The, every song on on here feels feels good. It feels tight. It feels like that sort of Buck Owens mentality of of sort of like two two thirty, get your point across, tell a story, get get someone interest interested. Uh, Complete. Hot Telecaster Lick, move exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Telecaster Lick. And just in, out, tell, tell the story, get it on the, the singles. Tell you what, I wasn't expecting the love triangle angle of Traveling Man. Yeah. Where it turns out it's her mom? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's always your mom. No wonder I <laughs> left that cabin. But she just she made you that ready. coat. <laughs> she makes you that coat and then immediately starts running around with you on her travel, <laughs> with, with your traveling man on you. Uh, <laughs> Barb will do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it, you know, it's on Dolly because Dolly never told her mom about the traveling man. So the mom's not really at fault. Right. So it's just, it, you gotta but, be, but but her mom is steering her away, right? It's a George yeah. Michael George Michael Jr. <laughs> scenario it is, it is, from uh, newer yeah. Arrested Development things. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, 
Was her mom driving her away, or was she afraid to tell her mom because she thought her mom would drive her away? Oh, one, one or the other. Probably, you know, it's mm-hmm. interpretive. Dad wasn't around for a while, so she didn't want to give up this traveling man, but also, it's a traveling man, yeah. so I don't know that uh, yeah. Also, one of my fav- favorites is she never met, met a man that she didn't like, which is serious southern shade throwing. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, super nice, but also that, being... That's con- some bless your heart shade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this southern bless your heart. Uh... So good, uh, love the southern, the southern like. Bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover of the record is a. It's, her. it's a painting of young a, Dolly. A, a painting in, of in young the coat. In, in the coat of uh, yeah. Many Which colors. you can see at Dollywood. Oh, you can see. Okay, so the original coat of many colors. After Dolly grew out of it, her mom took it apart and repurposed it because they were still poor. <laughs> Uh, so then when Dolly got famous, uh, her mom was still alive. And when they, I think it was when they were putting together like the museum at Dollywood, her mom made a replica coat. Ah, and that's what's so at Dollywood. Cool. So it, it's still, it's still a, co- a coat of many colors made by Dolly Parton's mom, but it's not like the coat. Cause that was taken apart and used to clean. Yeah. You know? I heard they were so poor. Um, they had to, uh, they paid for her birth with. Like a sack of oatmeal? Yeah, yeah. That's they incredible. brought a sack of oatmeal to the doctor. Yeah. Dude, and and not to, like, j- just in that line of shit, like, my grandmother's, uh, like, second husband, his name is Sed, he would ride a horse to people's houses in the snow to deliver births in, like, this particular part of, like, Pennsylvania where he'd get paid in spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Like the, he, like it was. They were so fucking broke. Like the Italians were just like, "Here's here's this food. Thank you so much for like doing the thing." And like he was like, like on horseback with a little <laughs> medical bag. Wow! <laughs> Going home with a to go box of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> his family. <laughs> the, the medical bag full of marinara. <laughs> <laughs> family, I was prosperous. Let us all tuck in the spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, I do have a stat here. Dolly Parton has two entries in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, they're for most hits on the Billboard Hot Country charts uh, by a female artist, 107. Wow. And most decades with a top 20 hit on the Billboard Hot was that, Country was that five? charts. Uh, six. Bet- six? Between 1960 and 2010. The later record... Uh, the later record was achieved when Dolly's uh, 2016 re-recording of Jolene peaked at 18. Is that the one where it slowed down and sounds like a guy? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. so, yeah. You're joking, right? But, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, Dolly's voice is so, like, high timbre that when you slow it, and Jolene's such, like, a kind of an up-tempo number, when you slow it down, it sounds so right. When you yeah. slow it down, just... Everything it about Dolly sounds yeah. right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jolene sounds like a reggae song. Like if you if if you drop the forty five mm-hmm. to thirty three, like, and it it sounds perfect. Yeah. It sounds like like a male tenor singing. Yeah, unless something of Shebop. 
I'm probably well, thinking Dolly she does off. kind of have a little bit of a chipmunk voice. She does have a higher that soprano voice. Yeah, I. It's interesting too because a lot of times that soprano voice can really. Um, I don't know. Once you once you hear several songs, mm-hmm. uh, it can kind of uh, put. I don't know. D- certain singers can definitely affect my. Yeah, Dolly's listening. she's not like an operatic soprano. No, she's it's like a, a down home soprano. It's a comfortable. Yeah. It's a Loretta Lynn sort of like yeah. comfortable uh, singing. Yeah. Which which doesn't uh, even when she is is really projecting, it doesn't feel piercing. I guess is yeah. is the word. Man, I love that fucking quote. Yeah. Um, that Dolly has there. Yeah, on the uh, in the book. Yeah, looking back to when to looking back to the good old days when times were bad, nineteen seventy three. That's a really good quote. That's yeah. great. All right, how do we feel about the album? No, it's fucking great. Listen yeah. to it. A plus. Yeah. Positive. It's it, it, it's fantastic. Positive. Yeah, I think uh, I'm glad. You know, uh, I'm glad when things come into this uh, the book and Dolly Parton is. Like you said, uh, kind of a treasure. It's kind of like, uh, how can you not uh, sort of uh, acknowledge uh, her? And this is definitely a solid album at the, I'd say, kind of at the start of her career. You mean after her first greatest hits? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, <laughs> after the five years that she had a greatest hits. Uh, yeah, but pretty much every song is. Uh, a good song, great song that could be a single. Um, yeah. And I find a little, little, uh, little fault with it. And the, all that shit aside, like her as a human, like the shit that she does, like just like charity wise, straight like, up real life angel, fucking amazing. human. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Dolly. Thank, thank you. You're Dolly. the best. Yeah. Thank you. Dolly. Salesman Ralph selling goods from house to house. So, so, uh, Rob, figure it out. Rob and I were on tour with uh, Matt, and we were his backing band. Being as it was, you know, it, 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 it was low attendance. Uh, we were doing the best we could to, to just keep morale up and just get through the tour. We'd each taken like a few weeks off work. And uh, the way I remember it, on the, on the road, we were, we were driving south. For a long time, from like like Michigan down to Georgia, down sixty five. No, there were two things. There was there was the Michigan tour, where I got super high at, oh, at a weird were spot. Were two different tours? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the southern tour was Evansville, mm-hmm. and then down to Nashville, where we no, we went all the way down to Atlanta. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Nashville is where we found the uh, people the the doppelgangers for uh, Adam and Sarah. The the British oh, yeah. band, yeah, yeah, and that was then the we hit Atlanta. 
on so the on, e- but on e- the way Evansville to Atlanta. On the way from Evansville to Atlanta, we if you've ever driven on those roads from like 300 miles from Rock City, which is near Chattanooga, you're seeing billboards that say come to Rock City. Yes. And it kind of started out as a joke where I was like, "Hey, Matt, if we're running early, we should stop at Rock City." It was a it was kind of a joke, but I also really wanted to go to Rock City. Uh, you know, if you're going to paint it on a barn, it's it's probably good to see. And uh, Matt was uh, he was very dedicated to the schedule, and he was assuring us that we didn't have any time to go to Rock City. And uh, so eventually, uh, we we get to Atlanta, and we're so early that I think we go bowling and we take a nap before the show. Uh, and I was kind of bummed out that we never we we didn't step off at Rock City. And uh, so that show was supposed to be, it was supposed to be our second to last show. We were supposed to have another show. I forget where it was. I don't remember either. And then we were going to head back home to, to southern Indiana and northern Kentucky. We found out on that day, driving towards Atlanta, that the, the tomorrow's show was canceled. So the plan was to play the show in Atlanta and then head back a day early. And we were all going to get back a day early to have a full 24 hours to nurse our wounds of a of a tour that no one came <laughs> to see our band. And then we all go back to our normal jobs. We were playing the show in Atlanta. We, we played It was fine. a bad. It was, no. It was a bad attended show. It was a poorly attended show. We played fine to no one. After which, uh, uh, Matt, who who now has been, been sober for years drank what what I would consider a bowl of whiskey and went to bed in the van, uh, leaving Rob and I, uh, and we, we loaded the gear up, uh, into the van. And then there's, uh, and then we went to the Claremont lounge. We went to the Claremont lounge which was uh, a notorious strip club in Atlanta where you do not go. If your goal is to see pretty women take their clothes off, uh, the Claremont lounge, they're famous for having like the one arm stripper, uh, it's kind of it, you, you go there and you're gonna see. It's where dancers go out to pasture. It is. You're gonna see someone's aunt. Uh, and what, what I like, so very cheap drinks, and also a very like, as far as strip clubs go, it's one of the least creepy strip clubs I've ever been in, because everyone that's at the Claremont Lounge kind of knows what they're in for. You're not you're not there to to. To get turned on, you're, you're there to drink some cheap beer and have a good time, and someone's going to be taking their clothes off, and it's just it's a different kind of vibe. Uh, what I like about it, so that the dancers they come out and then they walk up to the jukebox and plink in a couple quarters and play their put their song in, and oh, then wow. they start dancing. So but they're dancing behind the bar, so you actually have to kind of throw your dollars <laughs> over the bar past the bartender to yes, the spot where they're yes. dancing. Yeah, they're dancing on yeah, like on an island in the middle of like a horseshoe shaped bar. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so Rob and I are sitting at the bar. Matt Matt's gone. He's <laughs> sleeping in the van. He was sleeping in the van before we loaded out at the club, and now we are at a second location and we're hanging out. And so Rob and I are sitting at the bar and, and you know we're, uh, drinking some like really inexpensive PBRs. And we're talking about how, like, we don't need to be home for two days and we're done with our obligations. And, like, man, wouldn't it be cool to just go to Dollywood? Like, <laughs> it seems like, like we're trying to think of our mental geography. And, we're like, it seems like Dollywood's probably on our way home. I bet Matt would be happy if he woke up at Dollywood. 
and like we should we should look it up if it's if it's like on our way home. Oh, it's not so far from here. It's not so far from here. If it's on, if it's like near our way home, let's just go. We'll leave right now. We'll go to Dollywood. Matt will wake up at Dollywood, and then we'll have a fun day, and then we'll go all go back to our jobs. So Rob looks it up on his phone. And he's like, "Oh, it's like three hours out of the way. It's not at all on our way home." Uh, and we're like, "Oh, all right, whatever." And so they, you know, we're still sitting at the bar. Half an hour passes. Another round of drinks. Like, <laughs> and fuck it. If it's if it's not like expensive. If it's like. If it's like fifteen bucks or less, I don't care if it's three hours of the way. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. It'll be a great memory for the times. And so, yeah, Rob looks it up on his phone. He's like, "Oh, it's like thirty-five dollars per person to get in." I'm like, oh, whatever. It would have been that would have been a fun story. Whatever. Okay. You know, like another like twenty minutes, half hour passes. Like an, an, another cold PBR. And we're like, you know, yo, fuck it, man. Like. It would. This would be legendary if they are open tomorrow. Let's just go. Let's just go there. Get there tonight. We'll pay it. You know, like it's what's thirty five bucks. So Rob looks at them. He's like, "Oh, they're closed on Sundays." And we're like, "Oh, whatever." It would have been a good plan. <laughs> it would have been fine. And then twenty minutes later, we're right back. And we're like. No, fuck it, dude. Let's go. <laughs> well, we're just gonna go, and we 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 drive in shifts through the night while Matt sleeps. <laughs> we drive three hours out of the way, <laughs> the wrong way to, to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> we're pulling into the Dollywood parking lot as the sun comes as up. the sun's coming up <laughs> and as Matt starts to wake up in Oops. the back of the van he looks around and he's like where are we <laughs> we're at Dollywood we drove to Dollywood he's like seriously like, yeah <laughs> And they're closed. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, and we've been driving all night, so we're tired. <laughs> and then we just go to the back of the van and lay down, and Matt drives us home. <laughs> and honestly, within two to three months of that, Matt never drank a drop again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we're on our way out of out of Pigeon Forge, and you and I are in the back. We're like starting, like we're not asleep yet, but Matt's driving, and we're the assholes. And we're like, "Oh, Smoky Mountain Knife Works. Can we stop at Smoky Mountain Knife Works?" <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he, he got sober so quick after that. <laughs> And then he married, like, Denise, and, yeah, everything worked out okay. Like, he, he just, he, he was all, he was always, like, the saddest fucking, like, songwriter dude who was the funniest guy in between songs, and now he's just a professional comic. Yeah. So. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, next time we'll be talking about Don McLean. American Pie. American Pie. Oh, American Pie. Only God can know and man must not see Great minds have tried but they will not find 
answer to the mystery of the mystery.